Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. We just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermons from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and, and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And again, we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Welcome back to our weekly podcast as we are talking with Pastor Stephen about uh, his weekly sermons. And this week we're in Romans chapter 4. And this is actually part 2 of a series that he's doing talking about um, uh, just a verse-by-verse study through Romans, a life of transformation. And last week we looked at illustrations of faith. Uh, Part one was illustrations of faith, and we looked at Abraham, we looked at David, and we see how uh, both of them were very different, Uh, both of them had some flaws, but yet we look at Abraham and he was faithful, he he followed God without exactly knowing all the details. We look at David and how he felt guilty, but yet he understood uh, that God accepts him and forgives him, and we see how God used both of those people, even though they were very different. Um, So this week... Uh, you kind of transition into oppositions of faith. So last week we talked about illustrations of faith, and you put some flesh and blood to what this faith looks like, um, how do we live out our Christian life because of the first three chapters in Romans where we're talking about all these different doctrines of faith. We're talking about truth and grace and righteousness, redemption, um, and then we, we kind of put some flesh and blood to what that looks like through Abraham and David, and then uh, you kind of transition talking about oppositions to faith. And the first one uh, that you talk about is our insurmountable sin. Um, can you kind of, can you talk about what, what you mean by that, Pastor Stephen? Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I almost uh, called this sermon uh, the shuns of faith, you know, the illustration, opposition, foundation. Uh, that would have been clever. That would have been really cool. Um, but anyway, nice graphic. We get our producer to put a nice graphic about the shuns. Yeah, I love fun. I love to do alliteration. So uh, when, when, you know the insurmountable sin. I I when I when I wrote my sermon out, I I wrote a lot of sin. <laughs> there you <laughs> and go. then I'm like, no, I got to alliterate that. And so uh, we 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 kind of jumped on the eyes. But yeah, um, I think this is true. We've all seen this, and probably folks listening have either thought this or they know somebody that has struggled with this, uh, this idea that, yeah, I know, I know you say that I, I can be forgiven, but you really don't know all I've done. Mm. Uh, over the years, a lot of people, man, I've gone too far. Uh, I've, I've done terrible things and uh, things that no one knows but me and you know, you want to remind him, well, no, no, there's another one that knows. Uh, and that's the one who says he can forgive you. But I think, I think it's just this, I think it's this fear that the devil loves putting inside of us saying, yeah, the gospel is available to everyone except you. Uh, you know, the real you, uh, you know, you know where you've been and what you've done. And, uh, and then we kind of couple that with, okay, I believe he can forgive most of my sin, but there's something that I got to kind of clean up on my own before I can come and receive forgiveness. And man, that can, that can be anything. It's, it's just crazy how folks get fixated on, 
well, there's, you know, there's just a couple things I got to get right. Uh, um, I got to quit, you know, maybe I'll, I'll quit being involved in this adulterous relationship. I get that right. Then, then I'll come to Christ or, you know, I'll, I'll get this addiction issue, uh, settled. Then I'll come to Christ And the, then never happens because if they could have, if they could have fixed those things on their own, they, they would have already done that. So, uh, the reason why I chose insurmountable sin is it's kind of a play on word, but words, because there's no such thing as insurmountable sin when it comes to the gospel. Right. But in a lot of people's minds, they, they, they genuinely have insurmountable sin. It's just too much. It's too overwhelming. There, there's, there's no way that, that I can be cleansed and changed or then maybe they even start with i can't be changed maybe that's where they focus on ryan and of course we know well yeah the change is not going to happen until the cleansing occurs well and, and i think maybe wait we we sit back and go well, this probably causes a little bit of tension when we start talking about sin because none of us like to be pointed out like none of us like to have our sin pointed out we don't like to think about it we don't like to examine it we don't like to uh confess it um so i I can see why people would sit back and and even in counseling that we do with people that come forward or counseling that we do with uh, just on the everyday of doing uh, ministry work like the sin is a is, is a heavy heavy weight on people's lives and they don't know how to deal with it and they do they say those things i've done too much i've there's there's no way that anybody could forgive me, um, and it, it's it's almost a very heartbreaking moment in conversation when you're having this thing with people until we tell them about the gospel. Sure, and the I even had a guy tell me not too long ago uh, that he used to be a Christian. <laughs> um, <laughs> How does which, that happen? Yeah, exactly. Which really uh, reveals a, a lot when it comes to their understanding or lack of of the gospel. But I used to be a Christian, and I turned my back on God, and I know there's no way that God would take me back. And again, just a false, uh, faulty understanding of what the gospel of Jesus Christ really is. And uh, so, I mean, clearly that guy, that guy had never received um, uh, or began a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, and I'll even have folks that'll say this to me. Uh, they'll say, I'm afraid that I've committed the sin that leads to death. I've committed the unpardonable sin. I'm afraid that that's happened. And I'm like, well, the very fact that you're afraid that it's happened is evidence that it has not happened. Right. (laughs) Uh, Because if it has happened, then you're not going to sit there and say, oh, man, I'm a little concerned that I've done this. Right. Because that means – uh, all opportunity to be able to receive uh, that forgiveness has 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 left you. But the uh, anyway, the, the the folks that believe they've done that is uh, we we know uh, again. It's just a lie that the devil tells them over and over and over again. And uh, the point that I was trying to make, or really I think that Paul makes in this passage of Scripture is, listen, there, there's no one. It, 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 I mean, I could almost see Paul saying, hey, listen, you know, we, we, we want to start counting things. We want to start comparing things. You think you're a bad person? You, you think you've lived a wicked life? Hey, I, I, I killed Christians. I persecuted Christians. Man, I was the chief one. Um my whole life was lived in opposition of the way of Christianity. 
and and he forgave and cleansed and saved me. Mm. Um, and you know, I think Paul, I, he never got over that. We talked about this a few weeks ago. He just never got over what Christ had done in his life, and I think that's the reason why. Over and over again, he's like, let's talk about grace. Let's talk about grace. Let's talk about grace. Because grace literally transformed a highly religious Jew into arguably the greatest missionary the world's ever done. Well, and and you make the statement that the grace of God can still pick you up out of the depths of your sin and change you and save you. Like, uh, I, I think that needs to be said often. I think people need to see that and hear that often. And then the next... The next thing that you talk about is our inconceivable doubts. And, uh, you know, so again, objections to, I'm sorry, oppositions to faith. Okay. We're talking about oppositions to faith, our insurmountable sin. We have it. We, we deal with it. Some people think they've done too much, but we understand the grace of God covers that and picks us up out of the depths of our sin and can change us and save us. The next opposition would be the, this inconceivable doubt and, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you, Pastor Stephen, like why do you think uh, people that that maybe claim to be Christ followers, people that go to church, church goers, why why do they struggle with this this thing of doubt? Why is doubt kind of like this this epidemic almost? Yeah, that's a loaded question that uh, the rest of this podcast could um, really finish with me answering. The uh, I'd say I'd say it's the very same reason that people who uh, who've never heard the gospel respond with, man, it just seems too easy. It seems too simple. The reason why they struggle with doubt uh, is faith, faith, faith that faith that God is willing to do what he says he's willing to do. Faith that Jesus did cover. Uh, all your sin on the cross. And so for those who are part of church, again, let, let's just go ahead and say, can, you know, can Christians doubt? Well, yeah, 100%. 100%. Somebody that's in a right relationship with Christ can struggle with doubts. How do I know that? I mean, I've had doubts in my own life. Uh, it kind of it builds a little bit. And I know, I know you're going to address this in just a moment, but with the feelings thing. Uh, there, there, there are times that all of us sit there and say, "Wow, man, look, look, look at how I responded there. Look at, look at what I said, or you know, I know, I know what I thought, or I know the struggle that I've had in this area, this sin within my life." And so, man, I really have. Have I really surrendered to Christ? Do I really, do I really have that relationship with Him? Because I'm still struggling with, with sin in which my response to that would be okay well if you're able to go and you're you're able to live a life of sin and there not be any any uh you know convicting power of the holy spirit in your life you know then th- that would be evidence that truly you are not in a right relationship with Christ that you don't you don't know him as savior and lord that to me one of the great great uh uh helps or traits of someone that is in Christ is when I am living in a manner or or I even do something, some action, some deed, some thought, whatever it is, that is outside of what Christ would want in my own life, then that Holy Spirit just kind of sits there and is like, what are you doing? You know, you know that's not who you are. 
You know, what are you doing? The Holy Spirit does not identify with that. So that within itself is a great help that I'll tell folks, listen, hey, is the Holy Spirit, is the Holy Spirit bringing conviction in your life when you're living in a way that would be contrary to uh, somebody who has surrendered their life to Christ? In which a lot of folks, you know, they'll come along and say, well, see, that's evidence within itself that they're not saved because because of that very issue right there. And I'm like, but Paul, the very architect, well, not the architect, God's the architect, but the very uh, key reporter of grace says himself, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I, I do. And it is going to be a constant struggle as long as I'm living inside this flesh. And so that Holy Spirit coming along, bringing conviction is a great help with that. But a lot of folks, I think, I think the reason why even believers will doubt is because of a, a lack of faith. And then a, a lot of people have never seen exhibited in their own lives unconditional acceptance and love. Do you think the... And do you think the sin, maybe, maybe there's a lack of repentance. Maybe there's a lack of confession. We haven't practiced that discipline. So do you think, you know, going back to this insurmountable sin, do you think that people, believers, church goers feel like there's too, they have too much sin. So therefore there, there's that, that doubt. I mean, yeah, I, I guess you could say that, um, I mean, I would say if there's <laughs> if if there's boatloads of sin, uh, for lack of a better term, if there's not any change that's happened in your life, if your life's no different from the guy who curses God, then hey, there's every reason to be concerned there. Uh, but I do think I do think we we approach, or a lot of people will approach a right relationship with God or salvation with God, almost like this mystical thing. Can I genuinely know? And that's the reason why a lot of folks say, you know, well, I, well, I hope I'm going to go to heaven when I die. But I mean, can you, can you really know? Well, 100%. Right. 100%. I mean, I have a relationship with my wife. How do I know that? I mean, I talked to her three or four times today. Right. I mean, right now during this podcast, she's just texted me. Are you going to pick up our 13 year old from football practice? Or am I going to have to do that? Let me know. You know, it's a, it's a, a, it's a ongoing relationship. The difficulty that a lot of people struggle with, and my fear as a pastor, as one who will give an account for the souls that, that I pastor, is people approach salvation as a been there, done that, versus, no, it is an ongoing Correct. relationship. Correct. And so they check it off just like they would check off anything. Yeah, gra- graduate of high school, check. Uh, got my college degree, check. Got my driver's license, check. Uh, you know, folks who have uh, been to confirmation classes, check. I'm right with God. Or I went to a new members class, check. And I got baptized, check. Yeah, oh, yeah. Keep going all day long. Right. Um, and those are the very things that Paul's fighting against in this, saying mm. uh, for, for the Jews, we know it was circumcision. Uh, you know, we're not sitting here debating that uh, as, as, as Gentiles. Right. Uh, but it's the same premise. And so... People who approach it as something that you do, then, then there's every reason why they should have doubts. Yeah, because you don't you don't know Christ. You 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 do not have a a relationship with Him. Uh, your life is not different. 
you've approached it as a religious ritual mm. or a religious deed or whatever. And I'm amazed at the number of folks that sit in church every single Sunday. They hear the gospel proclaimed over and over and over again. You hear about a relationship, not religion, a relationship, not religion. And yet they still do not have a clear understanding of what a relationship with Christ looks like. Uh, it, it, it's mind, it's mind blowing. It, it really is. And, and I just, I hate that. I hate that is right. a, uh, so many people struggle with that. But again, I go back, can a believer have genuine doubts and still be a believer? Yeah, absolutely. They, they can, but ultimately it boils down to, uh, I know that I've, I know I, I surrendered my life. I called upon the name of Christ. I have belief in my heart. Uh, there's evidence in my life uh, that I've truly been changed. Uh, when I sin, uh, I'm broken over that. My want to has changed. I want to please Christ with my life. And um, as those doubts come, it just basically boils down to, you know, by faith, I'm going to take God at his word that I have surrendered my life to Christ. Uh, but I would say as well, for those who may be listening who are like, you know, I struggle with the doubts of my salvation all the time, all the time. Um, you know, I had a guy one time was like, man, it seems like, Pastor, every time you give the invitation, I'm <laughs> struggling with doubts. And I'm like, well, let's talk about that, man. Right. That, 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 there's probably a good reason why. Because you've never responded to the gospel, mm. to, the, to the good news. And so when people come to me and they're like, I'm dealing with doubts. I don't know. Am I right? Am I not right? Am I in? Am I out? Am I a Christian or not a Christian? Three days a week, I feel like I am. Four days a week, I feel like I'm not. How can I get this settled once and for all? I say, you know what? There's a way you can get settled once and for all. Mm. Right now, right, right now, now you, you, you call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and let's just settle this thing once and for all. And uh, some will even approach it as, but what if I'm already saved? Well, it's okay. God's not going to cancel that out. <laughs> right. God's not going to say, oh, no, no, no. You called on me twice. Hang on. No, it doesn't work that way. And basically what you're doing is you're drawing kind of a, a line in the sand to say, you know, I'm really not 100% sure what happened up until right. this point. Right. Uh, I think I've responded to the gospel. I'm not, I'm just not real sure. All I can say is from this day forward. I've given my life to Christ. There's no question. There's no doubt. By faith, I've trusted him. We see that a lot. And I know you do as well, Ryan, right. as our young adult pastor here in the church. We see that a lot with, with, with kids who grew up in the church, who made public professions of faith at a very early age. And then they start growing and maturing. And they'll come around and say, I just don't think I understood the the decision that I made when I was younger. Or they think, and, and you mentioned it, you think we got to have it all figured out. Like we think we have to understand everything. And if we don't understand everything, there causes some doubt. But you say it like you make a tre tremendous mistake if you think you have to figure it all out before you can trust Jesus. In fact, Jesus said you have to trust like a child. So I, I love the fact how you say, you know what, it, we do have some thinkers, we have some intellectual people who are trying to overthink this thing, but the simplicity of the gospel it can can be found in having having childlike faith, trust in the fact that God is who he says he is, well, sending his son Jesus. And I love I love John 3.16. It does not say, for whosoever understandeth. Right, right. For whosoever believes. Whosoever believes. Um, so... Yeah, we, we put much more emphasis on 
intellectually receiving Christ than we do a heart reception. So along with that, um, you know, again, talking about oppositions, uh, your, your next one was impractical emotions. Like some people trust their emotions and their feelings rather than uh, understanding that it, that it's not about always about emotions and feelings. Um, and, you know, listening to you yesterday, sitting in the sermon, you, you kind of got passionate about this emotion thing. So, so I'm going to ask you on the podcast, Pastor Stephen, why, why so passionate about this, this obstacle of impractical emotions? First of all, let me just say that I am not um, anti-emotional. <laughs> uh, no, emotions are great. Emotions are God-given. He, he created us that way. I think emotions are to be used uh, to worship him. Emotions are to be used for his glory. Uh, you know, let's just be honest. We all like being around happy uh, people. Um, you know, we, we, we will be around folks when they're sad to hopefully help them. But you show me some of this like, you know, I just live my life sad and I love being sad. Then, man, something desperately is wrong there. So the problem is when we allow our feelings or our emotions to override faith. And, and when we use the terminology faith, and, and I tried to make this point, but uh, I mean, you know, when, when it comes to sermons, it's always, I was taught this early on, it's always uh, what you said, what they heard you say, and what you meant to say. Right. And uh, most times those three don't necessarily line up, but the, um, you know, the feelings thing, the, the emotional thing, uh, again, secondary, secondary to faith. What is faith? Faith is taking God at his word. And when we say word, we are talking about the word. We're talking about the Bible, that everything that is in God's word, promises that he has given us, are he has already decreed, predetermined, this is going to come to pass. Uh, he will not go back on his word, his promise. So by faith, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust that. Because we all know that there are times that we're like, boy, I just don't really feel like God's with me today. How do I know he's with me? Well, because if you've surrendered your life to Jesus, he's with you per his word. I just, man, I just don't really feel like God's working this for my good. Okay, but he is. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't feel like God's going to get glory out of me. Okay, well, if you're a follower of Christ. He is. Right. He is. He's predetermined this. And so it's it's trusting him at his word um, from everything from uh, faith, uh, moving mountains to, you know, the prayer of righteous men accomplish accomplishes much. Just taking it at the truth of his word versus feelings. And so uh, the reason why the feelings can get so uh, dangerous is because. When folks allow feelings to override spiritual truth, then they will just move from one thing to the next to continue to get that feeling. It's mm. almost like a drug addict. Right. Uh, well, you know, they're going to take this amount for so long until it loses its effect, and then they're either going to have to increase the dosage or move on to something a little bit more powerful to achieve the feeling that they were having before. And so it, it, there, there are even religious uh, 
uh, drug addicts. So those who I'm going to go from this event to the this, this event, and boy, I just, I just really, I felt it today. Mm. I felt it today <laughs> in worship. Well, that's that's great. Feelings are good, uh, but if the name of Jesus was exalted, the gospel was proclaimed. And, uh, you know, we, we, we were we were worshiping him, whether it's a uh, an old hymn with somebody playing spoons or a, <laughs> you know, a, an orchestra or, any, you know, whatever, uh, you know, nothing but electric guitars, drum, whatever it may be. The name of God, name of Jesus was exalted. And so, man, man, that, that that's good. That's good. He 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 delights in the praise of his people. So. I got to be real careful since I'm an emotional being. I do not allow my emotions to override what I know to be the truth of what God's word says. Well, and you, and you make the statement in your sermon, you say there are a lot of people who are going around searching for a feeling and that is terribly dangerous. And I, I think that's a strong statement. It's terribly dangerous to go around searching for feelings. You don't live the Christian life led by your feelings. Um, and then, then you kind of, you, you, you tell a story, but then you kind of go on and say, if you're following your feelings to lead you in the Christian life, you'll be led astray most of the time. And, and, you know, we mentioned, you know, young adult collegiate, but we see this often that people go from, sadly, they go from church to church to church searching for, well, I, I didn't, I want to feel good in the sermon. I want to feel good in the worship. I want to feel good when I walk into the building. And I, and I think you're right. I think it's a very dangerous, dangerous thing. Well, and I would say this, uh, really, you're the one that determines that. I mean, how do I prepare myself for worship? Uh, don't, don't expect some magical thing to happen on Sunday that's not taking place Monday through Saturday. As so, you well mean as, a, so, I mean, a guy with skinny jeans and fancy hair can't <laughs> right. lead me into... Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, not where I live in uh, Southport, Florida. <laughs> the um, hey, and I'd like to say this as well because I'll have folks. We'll have folks that'll come uh, to to our church. And, and again, I mean, naturally, I'm biased, man. You know, not to me, not another, not another church out there like her. Uh, just right. Just a great, great place, and yes, just sir. loving fellowship, and just a unbelievable freedom to be mm. able to preach preach God's word here and uh but we'll have folks that'll come to our church and 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 I mean and, and they really don't mean the, they don't mean this bad they really really don't I don't know maybe they think it's the default of what you say when you meet the pastor of the church that you're visiting or looking to leave somewhere else but they'll say this you know I wanted to go somewhere else because I just wasn't being fed mm. and um you know I just I just remind you guys that are listening through podcast, you're the one that determines how much you eat. Uh, don't 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 wait for the uh, the professional guy on Sunday to be the one that gives you your your meal. You, you're saved. The Holy Spirit of God lives inside of you. You dig into that word, man. You you you're the one that determines whether you're fed or not. And I would encourage you know anyone who might find themselves in a situation where like you know but just don't I just don't really feel like our pastors really you know giving the meat the way that we need it. Uh, well, let's let's just assume that his preaching may be a direct result of how you're praying for him. 
so look for those opportunities, man. I'm going to lift him up and I'm not going to, you know, my whole new spiritual nutrition is not going to rest on what somebody else is going to give me. Uh, that's what I love about the priesthood of the believer. I don't have to, I don't have to have a professional clergyman uh, present in order for me to read and study scripture. No, I have just as much equal access as the guy who's been to seminary because Jesus is my priest. When it's understanding, and you say it in your sermon, it's understanding the object of our faith. Once we understand the object of our faith, we understand who who we're serving and who we're trying to be like and who we're trying to uh, learn from and who we're trying to uh, to grow in relationship with like that's that's where we're going to grow and, and you even ask the question to kind of you know closing out your sermon you say how do you increase your faith how do you strengthen your faith and the very very simple answer you, you get into the book because faith comes from hearing the word of god 100 percent, because the folks will will sit there and say uh, I mean, they almost approach faith almost like they do the Holy Spirit. And, and I know this is a uh, maybe a controversial topic uh, among uh, among those who profess uh, to be Christians, uh, the Holy Spirit, you know, the controversial topic. Uh, you know, that I've had folks say to me, man, if I could just get more of the Holy Spirit. Right. Just get more of the Holy Spirit. Right. Uh, well, no, if I understand Scripture correctly, you, you got all of the Holy Spirit you need the day that— you receive God's grace in your life. Uh, so it's not about praying for more of the Holy Spirit, uh, but it's about being obedient to the Holy Spirit that's already moving and working in your life. Uh, we say it this way. It's not about you getting more of the Holy Spirit. It's about the Holy Spirit getting a little bit more of you. Likewise, when it comes to faith, it's not sitting there saying, boy, if I could just have faith like Abraham did. Uh, or if, well, we don't we don't say if I could just have faith like David did. Most of us don't don't right. do that. But if I could just have faith like that guy over there, that sweet sweet senior saint, if I could just have the uh, amount of faith that they've got. Well, if if you're in Christ, you already have you already have that amount of faith. It's it's exercising it. Mm. You know, faith strengthens the more I put it into practice. Again, going against well that. You know, that, that's not logical, but God said it, and by faith, I'm going to believe it. And when I say God said it, now please, I want everyone to understand this. God said it, not, not someone else said it, or not, well, you know, I know this is not in the Bible, but, you know, God, God told me this in a dream mm. the other night after I ate five tacos from Taco Bell. Um, the, uh, no, 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 God's word, the Bible that's what he says right there. Now, God can speak in any way he wants to. God will never, ever, ever add to take away with what he has already proclaimed in Scripture. Uh, so more than being concerned with maybe God will write it on a billboard or maybe God will give me a dream or maybe God will tell someone else to tell me. <laughs> and he can do all those. But instead, well, maybe I could just open up the Bible and pray, hey, Holy Spirit, would, would you reveal? Reveal to me the truth as I read this. Life-changing right there, man. That's a game-changer. And, and I'll close it with this. One of the last things you said in your sermon, it says, when you come to the edge of all that you can experience, and you take that one more step, 
You lean upon God, and that's when you put your faith and trust in Him. We have to understand who the object of our faith is. We have to understand that you know if we have a little bit of living faith, uh, we can do a lot of things through how God is working and what He's done. Um, it's just it's it's knowing God better, understanding and trusting Him. It's like Pastor Stephen said, looking at the Word, hearing the Word of God. So, Pastor Stephen, thank you for today. Thank you for taking the time, as always, out of your busy schedule. And uh, we will be back next week. Hi, this is Pastor Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you today for listening to our Unchangeable Truth podcast. Our prayer is that you have been challenged as well as encouraged as we study God's Word verse by verse. If you're ever in the Panama City area, we would love for you to come and worship with us in person at Highland Park Baptist Church, 2611 Highway 231 North in Panama City. If you want to learn more about our ministry and about our church, we would encourage you to go to our website, www.highland, and that's H-I-L-A-N-D, park, P-A-R-K, dot org. If you have any questions or any comments about today's podcast, feel free to shoot us an email at info at highlandpark.org. That's H-I-L-A-N-D-P-A-R-K dot org. Our prayer is that you would continue to draw close to God. And if you don't know Christ as Lord and Savior, please reach out to us and let us share with you the greatest story that's ever been told. God bless.